Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo-Coster. So today we're talking about email, but with a bit of a different spin. We're focusing on the top 10 mistakes you might be making with your email marketing. Let's get right into it with mistake number one. And that is you don't have a welcome series or it isn't designed to make them buy. When a potential customer first signs up on your website to receive your emails, how are you welcoming them into your world? A welcome series should do three things. Set expectations nurture them along their journey, and get them to make their first purchase as quickly as possible. So what makes a great welcome series? Well, let's talk about it. You might want to have at least five to seven emails, depending on what content you need to include. How exactly it lays out is going to be dependent on your business, but some of these items will need a dedicated email and others will just be peppered in as part of each email design. First up is a discount. Yep, I said it. Don't be afraid of offering discounts on their first purchase. At this stage in the e-commerce game, people kind of expect it. And it's a great reason to get them on your email list and help lessen the risk for them to buy from you. Now, if you really don't want to give a discount, that's okay. Just know that you're going to have to give them something in exchange for their email. And if you want some other ideas around this, check out episode 43 to go deeper into list building for e-commerce. If you do go the discount route, make sure you're putting an expiration date on it to add a sense of urgency. When deciding how long the discount is good for, think about how much thought needs to go into the purchase decision. If it's clothing or a small investment, seven days is fine. Anything more technical or high ticket, at least 14 days is going to be better. And then make sure you're sending a discount reminder when there's about 24 to 48 hours left on that discount. Next up in the welcome series is to overcome your customer's objections. Now, you're not necessarily going to have an email dedicated to this. You'll want to pepper this throughout, but the idea is to know What would keep your potential customer from making a purchase and address those concerns? You'll also want to give them a way to contact you if they have questions about your products or your policies. The more information you can give them about this up front, the better. A poor customer experience is the number one reason companies lose customers. And a quite obvious but often overlooked piece of content for your welcome series is your story and why you do what you do. You want to write it in a way that lets them connect to you as a person, but that also lets them see how you and your product can help them and solve their problems. 
And you'll want to set expectations. Tell them what type of email they're going to get from you. And you can even tell them how often they can expect to hear from you if it makes sense. So for instance, if you send daily emails, tell them you send daily emails so they're not surprised. If you only send monthly emails, I would also tell them that so they know they're not missing anything since most e-commerce brands send more often than that. And then lastly is some educational content. If you have blog posts or content related to your products that will help them on their path to purchase, include a few of those top posts in your emails. This content may serve multiple purposes like overcoming objections, as I mentioned previously, or it could be helping them find the right product for them. Mistake number two, you're not using a preference center for your subscribers. A preference center is an opportunity for your subscribers to tell you what type of content they want to receive and how often they'd like to hear from you. All subscribers are not created equal. When someone invites you into their inbox, it's like they're inviting you into their home. If they ask you to take your shoes off at the door, you would, right? A successful email marketing program is all about the subscriber and Every email you send is a chance for them to unsubscribe, so it's up to you to only send them the emails they actually want to receive or that are relevant to them. Your email service provider, Klaviyo, MailChimp, OmniSend, should have a Manage Preferences functionality. This allows you to set up predetermined options for your subscriber to choose from that you will later use to segment them. Some of the most basic are how often they want to hear from you and what type of content they want to receive and anything else that's relevant to your business. For example, William Sonoma asks, what type of cook are you? If you sell skincare products, you can ask if they want to receive tips and tricks related to skincare. Do they have dry or oily combination skin? Maybe you want them to tell you what their main skin problems are. If you sell makeup, Maybe they want to receive beauty tutorials or there's certain colors they prefer like cool or warm tones. If you are brick and mortar and online, do they want to hear about in-store events that you're holding? Take some time to brain dump all the things you could possibly talk about in your business and add it to the manage preferences form. You should even include promotions as an option because believe it or not, not everyone wants to receive sale emails. Mistake number three you're sending the same email to everyone on your list. Gone are the days of batch and blast emails, my friend. With the advances in technology and the change in digital marketing, customers are getting savvier and their expectations higher. Subscribers want to receive email that is personalized and relevant to them. This sounds complicated, but with all the data in your email service provider, it's really easy to implement this. I mean, they're collecting data about your subscribers all the time. Let's talk about personalization real quick. This can be as simple as adding their name into the email when you greet them or sending them an automated email based on their most recent purchase and saying thanks. Your email service provider will have a dynamic placeholder you can use to insert into any email that will automatically populate with their first name. Make sure you have a fallback option in case they never entered their first name. The other way to do this is with relevancy. Just like those ads that follow you around the web after you browse a website, you can use this same remarketing tactic for your emails. If your email service provider can't recommend products based on their history, their shopping history, their browsing history, 
switch email marketing platforms. You know my favorite is Klaviyo. But if they don't and you're not ready to switch, then you can still accomplish this by grouping people together based on the categories they purchase from. If you sell men's and women's clothing, segment your customers based on those categories and only send them what makes sense. If you sell a product that usually needs a little more explanation to it, you might want to create some training around it and set up an automatic email to send after they purchase that particular item. One caveat here. This is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to segmentation and personalization. And I will say it's possible to segment too much. This is going to be so different based on your specific business. And you can always book a strategy call with me if you want to dig into your particular business. But just know that if you have a really small list or not a lot of traffic, don't worry too much about creating super granular segments because you can overdo it. You can focus on some of the high level things we just talked about and work on excluding people who have explicitly said they don't want certain types of content. So for instance, if they tell you they don't want sales content or they don't want blog content, then just exclude them when you send that type of content versus feeling like you have to create content for every segment of your list. All right, mistake number four. And this is my favorite mistake because it's an easy way to generate revenue without having to do much work. And that's resending your evergreen, which just means not time sensitive, your evergreen emails to people who didn't open them the first time and to your new subscribers. Here's the thing. Some of the best e-commerce email marketing programs still only get a 20% open rate, which means 80% of the people you send it to aren't going to see it. Whether it wasn't the right time or your subject line didn't grab their attention, it doesn't mean they won't find value in the content inside. If you have an email that isn't time sensitive, bank those babies and send them out again to the people who didn't open the first one and to any new subscribers. Just make sure you change the subject line when you're resending it to the people who already got it. And one of my highest revenue generating emails is a top 10 message that includes product recommendations generated by Klaviyo. I just kept changing the subject line and it was consistently driving 10 to 15% of my email revenue each month. And it takes almost no extra work. Once you land on a great approach like this, consider adding it to your welcome series. You can put in a long delay, say 30 days or so to separate it from your initial discount email and just let it keep working for you. When you're using the built-in recommendations of your email service provider, all you have to do is come up with a new and cool subject line. By the way, this is a great opportunity to take action. Go back through your sent email campaigns and find the one that generated the most revenue that wasn't a promotion or sale and create two segments. The first one will be of people who received the email initially but didn't open it. And the second segment are subscribers who have joined your list since you originally sent that email. Now, write a new subject line in preheader and send it out. And then DM me on Instagram. I'm so curious how it goes. All right, mistake number five. Always selling instead of providing value. You don't have to sell in every email. And if you've been following me for any length of time, you've heard me say this a bajillion times. Look, people aren't going to want to buy from you every single week unless maybe you're the grocery store. And this is especially true if you have a small product assortment. 
But it is important that you keep your relationship with them fresh and you always want to be top of mind. So when they are ready to buy, they think of you first. So how do you do that? You add value with content that is complementary to your products. Let's use Williams-Sonoma as the example. They can send information on recipes, kitchen hacks, how to care for their pots. Check out episode 31 of the e-commerce badassery podcast for more non-salesy email ideas and sign up for my free resource library to get access to my content brainstorm worksheet, which will help you identify topics to talk to your customers about. Mistake number six, you are sending emails to unengaged people. If your subscribers are not opening your emails, stop sending to them. Look, I get it. You have a list of X number of people and you feel like if you stop sending to some of them, you're missing an opportunity to make a sale. But let's be honest, those people probably weren't buying from you anyway. If you continue to send your emails to people who don't open them, you're going to hurt your chances of getting delivered to the inbox even to the people who were already opening your emails. It's normal to lose subscribers over time. It's the nature of the game. So focus on serving your people well and have a system in place for weeding out those unengaged subscribers. The kiss of death for deliverability, and that's just the percentage of your emails that get delivered to the inbox, is sending to people who haven't opened an email in six months. And here's another opportunity to take some action. Create a segment of people who have received at least 10 emails in the last six months. Now, the minimum number of emails you put is going to depend on how often you send them. The more often you send, the lower your threshold can be. Think about it. If you're only sending one email per month, then your threshold should be three or five emails in that time frame. Once you identify that segment of people, start excluding them from your campaign emails. Once your overall email program is healthy and you're consistently getting a 20% open rate, you can create a breakup email series to send to those who are unengaged as a last ditch effort to get their attention. You can also try slowly pulling them back in when you have something really juicy to share, like a new product release or a kick-ass promotion. If they still don't open or engage after these like epic emails, just unsubscribe them. Mistake number seven. You're sending too many emails or more likely not enough. Getting the perfect frequency is going to take time and testing. This depends a lot on the product you sell, how long between purchases, how often you have new products. And according to testing done by some email platforms, fewer emails, so for instance, six per month, perform better than more. And in the case of this study, it was 12 per month. Now, I personally haven't found this to be true, but like I said, you won't know for sure until you test it. On the flip side, if you're only sending one email a month or letting months go by with no emails, your subscribers are going to forget they even signed up in the first place, and you'll have a high percentage of unsubscribes when you do eventually send an email. If you're not sure how many emails you should be sending, start with at least one per week and then add in additional emails for important events like new product launches and sales. And of course, you're going to want to send more emails around these specific types of events to hype people up, add urgency, and use it as an opportunity to present the information from a few different angles. People need to see and hear things multiple times before it clicks or before they take action on it. 
frequency should also be included in your manage preferences form. And I usually break it up into all the emails weekly being once or twice a week and then monthly once or twice a month. And I'll usually like put that in parentheses. Depending on how savvy you are with email or how much you have to say, yours might be two to three times per week or per month instead. One last note about frequency. Generally, the wider your assortment and more often the typical purchasing frequency of your customer, the more emails you can send. So for instance, if you're an apparel business with seasonal collections, a wide assortment, and customers who shop with you every month, you can send multiple emails per week with no issue versus a one product store that a customer only needs to purchase from every six months. In that case, I'd go bi-weekly or monthly just to stay top of mind with your customers and provide as much value as possible. So if you haven't been consistent with your emails, now is a really great time to start. Plan out the next eight weeks of emails, at least one per week. If you have any sales coming up, make sure to include reminder and last chance emails as well. Try and stick to the same day of the week that you see the most revenue. And to help keep up with this, set aside a day or a few hours to create all your emails ahead of time. Batching the same type of work has proven to be more productive overall because your brain doesn't have to switch gears. And if you struggle to create an email marketing calendar, Listen to episode 44 of the podcast where I break this all down for you. All right, mistake number eight, you're not looking at the data to make educated decisions. Remember friend, data doesn't lie and it's important in all aspects of your e-commerce business. It's the way we get feedback from our customers without being able to talk to them face to face like we would in a brick and mortar store. There are a number of important metrics you should be looking at and using to improve your email marketing program over time. And the first one we're going to talk about is open rate. And that's just the percent of times your email was open. Note that this is not unique to the user. So if someone opens your email more than once, it's going to be counted multiple times. And generally you want to aim for a 20% open rate. So what does this mean and how do you fix it? This is generally related to your subject line, but can also be because of the day you sent it or the time of day you sent it and who you sent it to. A good example of this was the time I sent an email just as the Game of Thrones series finale was starting to air. It was a Sunday night at six o'clock. Generally, Sunday evenings were my best performing email, but that wasn't any given Sunday. And I think I had like a three percent open rate. It was really sad. Next up is your click rate. This is the percent of people who clicked your email based on the number of people it was sent to. And this is not to be confused with click through rate, which is the percentage of people who clicked the email based on the number of people who opened it. Which metric you see is going to depend a little bit on your email service provider and just know that you want to aim for a three to 4% click rate and a 12 to 14% click through rate. So what does this mean and how do you fix it? Either the content itself wasn't what they expected to see after reading your subject line. It's possible your call to action copy, you know, the words you used on your buttons weren't enticing enough. And it could have just been that it wasn't relevant to them. Next up, your unsubscribe rate. And this is the percentage of people who unsubscribe from your emails. And you want to be below 0.3% 
3% here. So what does that mean? They didn't find your emails valuable or relevant to them anymore. Sure, it could be because you sent too many or not enough and they forgot who you were. But ultimately, it all means the same thing. They didn't find value, otherwise they would have stayed. Don't get too worried about unsubscribes. They're doing you a favor. Instead of just leaving your emails unopened, they're telling you, hey, I'm not into this anymore. And it's keeping your list clean and relevant and ultimately cheaper. Now, the percentage that you do really want to pay attention to is your spam rate. And this is not the number of emails that landed in spam. It's the percentage of people who reported your email as spam. And you don't want this number to be any higher than 0.08%. So why do people mark you as spam? Well, either they didn't actually sign up for your email list in the first place or they don't remember doing it. It's possible you didn't deliver what they were expecting and it's just easier to hit the spam button than it is to unsubscribe. I will say most of the time it's just going to be because they don't think that they signed up or they didn't. So one, make sure you're only sending emails to people who expressly opted in. It's the law. But you may also want to put a little note in your footer that says, you're receiving this email because you signed up on our website at an event or through a giveaway, whatever it is that you do to generate emails, something to just remind them that they did in fact sign up for this, which will hopefully prompt them to unsubscribe versus reporting you as spam. And next up is of course, revenue. How much money is each email generating? Email should have a monetary ROI, a pretty good one too. Naturally, promotional emails will generate revenue, but your other campaigns should be generating revenue also. Whenever you find a non-promotional email that generates revenue, keep using it in your program. Just like I said, resend it to the people who didn't open it, reuse it for your new subscribers. All right, mistake number nine. You're not testing on a regular basis. You should regularly be testing everything from your subject lines and content inside the email to your sending days and times. Email marketing, even your automations, are only set it and forget it-ish. Email is a living, breathing thing where you're constantly getting more data to work with as more and more people receive and respond to your emails. Most email platforms will include functionality called A-B testing, that allows you to create different variations of your email in one shot. When testing, it's important to only test one variable at a time, otherwise you won't know what does or doesn't work. Most platforms will allow you to send to a subset of your list with both variations and then send the winner the remaining list. But a few hours to determine the winner isn't really long enough. Instead, send the email as a full 50-50 split and then determine the winner once the send is over. Wait a couple of days so you can collect all of the data and then go back and look. So here are some easy tests to start with. Subject lines. Does your customer respond to clear and direct language or something wittier? When you're doing testing, make sure the subject lines are different enough from one another to make it a valid test, right? If we're trying to figure out direct versus witty language. So here's an example. 20% off your entire purchase this weekend versus heat up your summer with this hot sale. Now you can also 
test emojis where you're using the exact same subject line, but you're just one has an emoji and one does not. And of course, you can test the content inside the email. You can compare the overall design, placement of text, the call to action language, the color of your buttons, but make sure you're only testing one variable. So let's say you want to test your design. Do one version with a white background and one with a colored background. Or keep everything the same and just change your button from a shop now to a learn more. Some really basic examples there. You can also test the time of day. If you're unable to test this automatically with your email service provider, you can do it by creating two segments of your most engaged people. Then send the same email on the same day at two different times. Start with one first thing in the morning, say 6 a.m., and the second in the evening at 6 p.m. When you're looking at the data, compare all the metrics, open, click, and revenue, and see which performs best. If you notice that one time has a slightly lower open rate, say 1% to 2% less, but a significant increase in revenue, go with the time that gave you more revenue. And definitely test the day of the week. Remember when I mentioned earlier that Sunday evenings were the best time for me to send an email? The only reason I know that is because I tested all the days. And this should only be done with a non-time sensitive email, obviously. Similarly to testing time of day, you'll also want to split your most engaged subscribers and send them the same email just on different days. When you're looking at the data, you'll want to analyze it in the same way you did for testing time of day. All the metrics matter, but if you see one that drives more revenue while the other metrics stay relatively the same, move forward with the day that drove the most revenue. And you know what? Testing is not a one and done process. Once you find a winner for a particular test, you'll want to test that winner against another hypothesis. So if you determine that Tuesdays at 6 p.m. is when you should send an email, now test that day against another day but at the same time. If the second day performs better, now you can test that same day but at 6 a.m. Okay, and mistake number 10, the one that we all struggle with, and I kind of already touched on this, but it does deserve its own little section here. And that's getting emotionally attached to your number of subscribers and being stuck on this vanity metric. Having a big list is worth nothing if they don't engage or buy from you. Just like the number of followers you have on your social media channels, the number of email subscribers does not equal revenue. It's better to have a small list of super engaged people than it is to have a large list of people who don't open or buy from you. Remember, most email service providers are charging you based on how many people are on your list. Why invest in a subscriber if they're not investing in you? Remember we talked about those people who haven't opened in the last six months? After you do your last ditch effort, win back or breakup series, make sure you unsubscribe them. I know it feels shitty to get rid of them, but your time is better spent serving those people who are engaging the best you can and getting new email subscribers. And churn is natural in your email list, and depending on your product, some businesses will churn faster than others. For instance, if you sell a baby product, your customer is eventually just not going to need that product anymore, and that's okay doesn't mean anything about you or your business. It just means there are other people out there that need what you have and you're going to want to go out there and find them. All right, 
Let's recap these mistakes really quick. I know this was a bit of a long episode, but let this be one of those episodes that you come back to when you need a little kick in the ass about your email marketing or a refresher. So again, here are the top 10 mistakes you're probably making with your email marketing. You don't have a welcome series or it isn't designed to make them buy. You're not using a preference center for your subscribers. You're sending the same email to everyone on your list. You're not resending evergreen campaigns. You're always selling instead of providing value. You're sending emails to unengaged people. You're sending too many emails or not enough. You're not looking at the data to make educated decisions. You're not testing on a regular basis. And you're stuck on the size of your list and the vanity metric. Now here's your next step. Take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, tag me in your Instagram story at ecommercebadassery and tell me what your number one takeaway from today's episode was. I can't wait to hear what you think. That's a wrap, love. Have a kick-ass rest of your day and I'll see you on the flip side. so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.